the most requested episode is coming to you live. Has buyer behavior changed and what should we know about the economy? I saw this really uneducated post the other day about how this coach, which I never found in the original post, shame on me. Basically, she was complaining. Actually, let me see if I can find the post and read it to preface this. I'm currently looking in my phone right now. For those of you who don't know, we don't actually edit the podcast and that's completely fine because I like doing things this way. Okay, so I got it from someone else and basically this is what the post says. We're going to read it and we're going to talk about it. If you're the original creator and you're listening to this podcast, I'm not hating on you, but you need to educate yourself. So I would love to talk into my phone about whatever, but it makes me feel like such an asshole. I can't do it. So I am hard posting a selfie and writing a novel instead because I'm old. I've been meaning to do a little chit chatting about the economy and such, but I've been a little bit busy panicking just like all of you have. It's slower right now than it's ever been. And I haven't experienced such a dry season in all the years I've been in the industry. It's been booming since 2016, and I've been really lucky to ride that wave. Right now, the industry and almost all others are suffering and is a really hard time for service and retail industry business owners. In all honesty, I had an easier time selling products during the world being shut down. I have never in all my years had so many no calls, no shows, cancellations, and rescheduled appointments. You are not the only one. If someone is booked and busy right now, it's because they're giving something away for free or they're liars. Shit is slow. I've never seen September so slow. Do I want to throw in the towel? Yes, I really do. Will I? Absolutely not. In fact, I'm a psychopath and opening another shop. There is always to be a party in the back. See next photo if you want proof, which I never saw the next photo because I never found the original creator and I looked everywhere. And nothing lasts forever, including sleepy seasons, periods of struggles. Keep going. Trust me, there have been countless times I thought this is the end of so many things in my life and later realized it's just the beginning of something I never could think of on my own. This post started a controversy when I posted on my story and it actually inspired today's podcast because for those of you who don't know, I actually minored in economics. I minored in economics in Southeast Asia And somebody saying that they are chit-chatting about the economy but then never giving you actual facts is bullshit. It is bullshit. And to be honest, if I would have found the original poster, I would have probably gave them a very kind piece of my mind because I'm not going to be a total asshole. But this is fear-mongering. This is fear-mongering. The thing is, is that the buyer has changed. Like any industry, we are going through maturity and like economies, we go up and down. So let's dive into this. Let's break it down. And if you are someone who has any questions around this, just slide in after you listen to this episode because we need to have like informed conversations. So something to consider is that economic growth has median growth. Median growth is the average growth and it's still trending upwards if we are in a recession or we are not in a recession like in 2020. The difference is is when we have a boom, like we did in 2020, that the economy will constrict. So think about your Chinese finger traps. Back when you were a kid, put two fingers in, try to pull them out. You have to push it in to pull it out type situation. It will constrict back to the median income. The median growth or median growth is still trending upwards. And so while a lot of people think that the economy is shutting down, failing, whatever you want to insert here, fear, 
What is actually happening is it is adjusting back and recessions have a larger effect on luxury purchases, houses, cars, buildings, real estate, but it is not people just stop buying whatsoever. The second consideration of this is that the exponential boom also relates to inflation and that we've experienced record inflation at 8%. And all of us have experienced this because you number one conversation I have is how fucking expensive food is right now. In 2020, there were a couple of factors that allowed for disposable income to increase because the average American has about $1,000 a month disposable income, or you can break it down to about $250 a week. Student loan payments were paused. Student loan payments do contribute to the economy because some people are paying upwards of $1,500. Some people are paying a lot of money, and with that being paused, people were taking that money and either A, doing whatever they wanted with it, B, reinvesting, or still paying their student loans. In addition to that, we had about $6,000 of economic relief. Now, I did not experience economic relief. A lot of people did, and these checks did fully fund business programs and joining. And then in addition to that, the tax refunds of the people who didn't get economic relief but still qualified for it. An additional thing to think about is the Paytech, Paytech, Paycheck Protection Program. The PPP loans were given out and a lot of them were forgiven so they weren't having to be paid back. So this exponential amount of income came into the online space and it was basically if you had an LLC, you could do a Paycheck Protection Program and then people were basically telling you how to get it forgiven. What we're experiencing is the aftermath of that and also as industries go through this, when there is a large expansion, there has to be a constriction to come back to the growth, right? And so there are layoffs happening. People are getting a little bit more tight with their dollars. And with inflation, things are getting more expensive. So disposable income is going down. Does that mean the online coaching space is going to fail or that this slower season is something we're going to experience? No. The online coaching space is actually at a $2 billion evaluation that stretches across multiple economies, not just the United States. Now, the United States does have their hand in so many other things that their economy can contribute to other economies. But the difference is, is that your services and coaching are not luxury services. This is essential and it is still tax deductible. And a lot of people are treating it like a Maserati and how a Maserati isn't essential, but growing your education, sales, and marketing is important. If you are a service-based business owner, if you are a service provider, you are not going to go out of business unless you allow confirmation bias, which basically says that you anchor into one belief, you attach to the idea, no one's buying, you stop showing up, you stop having that belief, and that's what happens. If you are a service-based business owner, you will actually see an increase in your revenue if you continue to market and sell and go to your ideal client in the channels that they are at because it's a service and it's a tax write-off and guess what all of us want to lower our tax bills so that's something to consider with it and this is why this episode was actually born is to talk more about it and what it's creating. So I just mentioned confirmation bias, but to dig in deeper, a confirmation bias is you looking for evidence to prove yourself right without looking at the other side of it. So you're looking for evidence of people not buying, businesses going down, bitching on the internet when it's slow to confirm that people aren't gonna buy your services without looking at the other side of it. This is toxic behavior. It's toxic behavior because we create posts from an educated standpoint, uneducated, And it doesn't allow you to be fully educated as a business owner. 
the interesting thing is is that confirmation bias of people not buying has so many layers to it you may be selling to your peers as an early stage business owner and all you know are early stage business owners you may be on the wrong platform if you are helping attorneys and you're hanging out on instagram they're probably not on instagram they're probably hanging out on linkedin if you are helping moms grow businesses and you're hanging out on instagram and they're on facebook like marketing and position and platform are so so important and the problem that i'm seeing is a lot of people are getting this belief that no one's buying and guess what they stop doing they stop marketing their services they don't look for the ideal client and where they are and what platform and because of that they stop selling and then they're not making money they're not making money because they're not marketing their offers to the right people who can pay for it your best friend in a program is in the same position that you are at that is not the high level business owner that you want to target if you are a service provider and coaches you don't want to be working with the same people at the same level because you are doing things that your ideal client wants to learn from there is not a shortage of business owners who are starting businesses coaches there is not a shortage of business owners looking to outsource service providers it is the idea that no one's buying, so I stop marketing, I don't believe in my services, and I stop selling. Now, the bigger question that everybody wants to ask is, have buyers changed? Short answer, yes. Long answer, let's dive into it. So sophistication levels is something that you learn in marketing, and that is basically the information that an ideal client has coming to the market. Someone in 2016 has next to no information coming to the market of what was online coaching and business ownership and those types of things. Now, with the rise of TikTok and Pinterest and Instagram and normalizing business owners, the buyer comes with more information. And when they come with more information, they have expectations and standards to meet. Something to consider and compare this to is car shopping. Car shopping used to be you would go and the salesperson would have all the info and they would pick out cars for you, they would curate it, and that would be the best option. What isn't happening anymore is that situation, right? We have Kelly Blue Book, we have forums, and when someone's going to buy, they have a pretty good knowledge of what they want, how they want it, what they want their payments to look like, what their credit report is, and pre-approved. And so it is less about informing the client in what car would be best for them. And it's more about guiding them through that decision and having what's available. The other side of that is the same experience that we've had with cars is buyer's remorse. If you're like, oh my God, she's finally going to talk about the shitty coaches in the industry. That's not what we're doing here. There was a time and place in my business where I did that. And to be honest, it felt like shit. It did not feel good. Buyer's remorse comes from two sides of it. And we can all take a lesson in this. One, can you deliver on the results that you're promising? And if you cannot, what is happening? And two, being open to the consumer as they ask questions. I had someone who inquired for scale to 5k and she actually just bought. If you're listening, you know who you know. You know who you are. And something that was interesting that came up is she just gave me like so many questions. And I was like, okay, cool. Like bring it on. Ask all the questions you want. We're actually taking those questions and putting them on the sales page so people can have those answers if they're not confident enough to ask or they've been experiencing some of the things we've seen in the online space. 
And at the end of it, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I asked you so many questions, but I've invested in the experience wasn't what I wanted, right? And that's a lot of the conversation we're having of I invested, but I took this action. I felt this fear. I jumped out of the perspective of safety and this is what happened. And with buyer's remorse, people want safety, they want security, and they want to know that what they're buying is going to give them the results or really have the expectation of what they're doing. When I did my 2023 trend forecasting, I talked a lot about how these me methods, what worked for me now works for you, cookie cutter methods were going to die. And that's something we saw. But what was needed to be expanded on was also that there are programs out there that do not create the incomes or promises that they say. There are people out there who have gone viral and they make a lot of money and now they're teaching people to go viral and they can't. That is not the hyper focus of it. I want you to start thinking instead of reactive, this person made a bad investment, this is what's going on, to be proactive. How can I layer in safety, security? What do my refund policies look like? What do my cancellation policies look like? What is my communication with clients? How is this laid out on a sales page? How am I protected as a business owner, but also protecting my clients as well? Because it is really important that someone has options. And California actually passed a law at the beginning of this year around memberships and online subscriptions that they had to either have the availability to cancel in-app or have a script to make it easier. Thinking proactively about your businesses and your marketing and your sales and explaining success rate and talking about some people who don't see success and talking about where there's opportunity to grow and what's the average success of the program and what's the expectation and if you're struggling, here's how we help you is going to, one, counteract a lot of the fear and just like sitting, sitting Sarah's as I like to call them. And it's also going to help you. Now, the buyer remorse is 100% related to marketing and sales tactics. I think the death of this luxury-based lifestyle, aesthetic lifestyle, is really playing into it. I've had a lot of conversations recently around people buying into something and it being different. And I think that is something where it's like we get told, right, give them what they want, but tell them what they need. And for sometimes with marketing, it needs to match that. The consumer with more awareness, though, is not responding well to the scab picking, to the, you suck, your business is going to suck. If you don't invest in me, if you don't join us, it's very alpha male. And if you're a man, you may respond well to that. Men always have. But women have, one, different ideas of authority and expertise, and two, with a high level emotional intelligence, they can kind of read the bullshit, right? They can kind of, you know, read the room and be like, "Mm, I don't think I'm actually going to fail if I don't invest in this program. It may take me longer. I may have to piece things together. I may have to listen to free content and do those types of things. I would like to see more marketing with agitation around why they're getting stuck and talking about decision making and what it looks like. If you are familiar with the four buyer types, you would also be familiar with the decision making that they're making. So, four buyer types run down, one wants results. When they're making decisions, they already have a budget, a start time, and an idea. They're looking for someone who can model what they've done. That is who people majority market to, but it's not actually the majority of an audience. Now you have your analytical people who want to plan, they want to feel safe, they want to feel secure, they want to feel heard, they want to know all the details. 
they tend to get stuck in making a decision and they are somebody who's going to sit on a fence and go back and forth and say, well, I don't know if now's the right time and I need more info and ask a lot of questions. Those are people who really need someone to lay it out and what it looks like for them and then allow them to make space, right? And agitation with that, you know, versus the results-based people where it's talking about how you've done that, how you've helped other people, positioning expertise, someone who's more analytical, they want the nitty gritty of, okay, how do the calls run so that I can make sure I get my needs met? And if I'm not attending the call as a coach, what can happen? If I'm outsourcing this service to you, what does communication look like? Now, the other two buyers are more like sisters than like mortal enemies, like results versus analytics. And emotional people, which everybody's emotional, but an emotional gut-based buyer is going to have a feeling But if they have gone through anything lately where they feel like they didn't trust themselves or wasn't an experience, they may doubt that feeling. And talking a lot, when we have a high level of emotional intelligence, as women, we naturally do because we talk about our feelings a lot. We are told to talk it out and do all these things. There can be a level of distrust that happens when you've gone through an experience, whether it's business or it's you bought a car and you didn't want it, you know? You paid money and you're like, "Mm, I would never get this type of car again. And so really talking to how can someone feel good about this? And then if someone's kind of that connective bandwagon buyer, how they know to take action. Decision making and agitation is just calling out behaviors of what it is. And when you look at, you know, the motivation for change and model for change, it's getting someone out of contemplation to taking action. And a lot of people think that you can externally motivate, you can urgency them to death, and you can do these things, but it's actually internal motivation. You know, as humans, we have a lot of internal motivation that we need, and that's where I think a lot of marketing needs to change. Now, storytelling content has always been big because we are wired for education and entertainment, which is storytelling. What I'm not talking about is just telling more stories. It's really crafting it to capture attention in a way that matters. And what a lot of people aren't doing is capturing attention because the average person follows, you know, three times the amount of people they did before. When I started in business, it was 200 people. And 200 people is pretty easy to compete with when you think about in the grand scheme of things. Now someone on average follows 600 people. That's three times the amount. And the reduction of being on the platform, people are spending less time on social medias, only checking in on the weekends, using apps like Opal and stuff to stop the scroll you kind of have to cut through the noise sooner and faster and people want more platforms like podcasts, blogs, emails that they can consume on their time when they're ready. So buyer behavior has changed, but it's not this drastic change that nobody's buying and that fear mongering is really toxic to an early stage entrepreneur who is trying to make an investment and grow their business. Here's the thing though, change is inevitable. Being a business owner and being an informed business owner is really important. And coming across posts like the one I read at the beginning of this episode, I want you to start thinking, is this for me? You know, as you're swiping through the For You page on TikTok, is this for me? Because sometimes these are very reactive posts because people are frustrated because it used to be easier to sell. The buyer didn't have as much information as they do now, and the buyer expects different things, and that's okay. Here's the thing that I'm going to tell you that a lot of people aren't talking about is learning sales psychology, economics, buyer behavior, and understanding people and knowing that you're in the people business, whatever you do, no matter what you do, and that there is a lot of safety in what we do online because there is such a large industry valuation, that's where it can shift. So if you are someone who 
you've been reading these posts and you feel the fear and you do those things, I promise you that we are probably coming out of a recession versus in the thick of it and that a lot of it is shifting your marketing and sales. And I am always open to you sending me a DM, getting on a free call or doing something like that and kind of breaking this down further. Because the thing is, is that most businesses will fail because of revenue and revenue is actually something that you can forecast. You can make it really predictable. You can make it consistent. You don't have to have this seven figure business if you don't want, but that doesn't mean you need to quit your business, go back to your job or do those types of things. So I'd love to know your opinions around this. You can also send me a DM just talking about your opinions. And as always, I hope y'all have a great rest of your day.